Welcome to the Steam Ahead podcast. With about 75% of the fastest growing occupations requiring skills in science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics, career chats with young people is essential for increasing participation, ability and aspiration in these careers. This podcast shares stories from men and women with careers in STEAM so that young people can be informed on how to shape their future. So, join your STEAM Ahead host, Jessica Carl, who explores actionable insights and tips that young people can apply to achieve success and confidence in choosing their career path. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Increasing young people's curiosity and aspiration into STEAM starts with these conversations, which is why I'm excited for our career chat with Jessica Edwards. Jessica is an area asset officer within asset management at Energy Queensland. As a professional in the power industry, she is passionate about self-development and is always on the lookout for opportunities to help others, which is why she is joining us on the podcast today. In school, Jessica did maths B and C, legal studies, English, modern history and religion, and we're excited for her to be joining us today to speak about her career in power systems. Hi Jess, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. We're stoked to have you. I wanted to start with you telling us a bit more about what you do as an Area Asset Officer at Energy Queensland and what this means to you. Yep, so as an Area Asset Officer for Energy Queensland, our team really works in network management. So our team's responsible for investigating and finding solutions to fix a range of different issues on our network, whether that be related to electrical safety, power quality, reliability, uh, security of supply, or even removing redundant assets from our network. So we cover a whole range of things, which keeps it really interesting. Uh, no two days are ever the same, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, we basically look at a lot of different options, ways that we can improve our network. That's awesome. And when you talk about the network, what type of assets in particular do you get to deal with on a day-to-day basis? So particularly in my role, we sort of work with distribution uh, lines. So they split our team up across substations uh, and substation and distribution lines. So I basically work with 11, 22, 33 uh, kV voltage, uh, sometimes into the 66 space, uh, but primarily looking at those distribution voltages. Yeah. Lots of power lines for our school students. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. And I can see, and just jumping back to school, I can see that you did maths B and C at school. And although you didn't choose any science subjects, you had a really strong foundation in English. Can you tell us a bit about these subjects in school and how you get to use them on a day-to-day basis in your role? Yeah, so I guess when I was in school, I I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I was tossing up, you know, different careers in like engineering. I was looking at law. I was looking at teaching, but I really had no idea. So for me, as part of my role, uh, I guess we heavily use our analytical and problem solving skills, which Math B and Math C definitely help prepare me for. Uh, But also part of my role is communicating with others and like writing business cases and justifying you know, when we need to fix part of the network, it costs money to do that. So we need to justify that. So with that, uh, you've got to have really solid communication. And, you know, English really prepared me for that. So, you know, you're writing business cases basically to justify uh, completing certain works. And I love that, I guess, point you've made about your job. It's like the communication skills are very important. And you've got that from the diversity of subjects that you did in school, but also 
that diversity of subjects contributes to the diversity of assets that you deal with. That's so it. it's almost the same input as an output. That's it. And I think part of my role, it's really, you really need that blend between technical communication and even some leadership skills as well. So it's really one of those roles you can get really, you know, into the nitty gritty technical stuff, but you also need to be able to have those good communication skills to work with others, you know, find a good solution uh, and then be able to, you know, once you make a decision, be able to communicate that with people and basically get them on board with that's the right way to go. Because mm, it's one thing to identify it and then it's a second thing to go ahead with those actions for it. That's it. And I think sometimes in our role uh, we do have to make some tough decisions sometimes. So, you know, part of the skill that I probably really struggled with when I started in the role is that conflict resolution. So, you know, I, I'm quite an introvert. I'm probably a bit of a people pleaser as well. So actually saying no to people, you know, is just a skill that I've had to develop over time, which I think is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think being able to know your area of expertise, but also knowing like what your bounds are is super important when you go into the industry. That's for sure. And yeah, and a lot of that comes from being able to find people who influence you to get those skills. And I, I wanted to ask a bit more about what were your influences in school? Like, how did you end up choosing this pathway into the electricity industry? Was was there someone or something that influenced you to choose this pathway? Yeah, so I guess uh, having really supportive parents and teachers definitely helps. So, you know, like I said, when I was in school, I was really tossing out uh, between engineering, law and teaching. And I really... I wasn't too sure. So my dad worked in the electrical industry and my mum actually worked as a teacher. So, you know, I had a good idea of what working in the electricity sector involved, but also if I was going to go down that teaching path. Uh, and then I had really supportive teachers in schools as well that, you know, helped me pick things that I might like. So when I actually picked engineering, uh, I, engineering seemed like a career that you had so many different options that you could get involved in, uh, you know, particularly when I saw the traineeships advertised through Energy Queen or Ergon Energy at the time, uh, saw them advertised. They just looked like there were so many different options in engineering. So I went for it. And what in particular attracted you to that traineeship? Did you see the experience as something valuable? Yeah, so for me, when I saw the traineeships advertised, so it was a four-year rotational sort of project. So you sat in like a parent group, I guess. So the traineeship I went for was a distribution design traineeship. So it was part of that. We rotated through different groups to get, you know, better technical skills. It also involved some construction experience. Uh, and I was Really, I'm a bit of a visual learner, so I was really attracted to the idea of working while studying as much as it was really, I found it really difficult to do both at the same time. But now, like looking back, it was the best thing I could have done for my career. It seems like it gave you that skill set that you now use in your day-to-day -day role, like being able to draw upon that technical expertise, being able to have the communication to talk to different people. That's all very important at Energy Queensland. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just being able to work across a range of teams over the four-year traineeship. So, you know, I worked in distribution design primarily, but I also spent some time working with customers in the customer connection group. And then I sort of furthered my technical skills, I guess, in asset management and network planning at the time. Um, but then also having that experience in the construction uh, field. You know, when I, <laughs> when I was growing up, I I, you know, never touched a tool or anything like that in my whole entire life. So it was a bit of a wake-up call when I did my construction experience. Okay. So it was, um, yeah, definitely good to get. And I think it definitely helps now, uh, like as part of my role, when we're trying to find, you know, ways to fix a network, you can sort of flash back to that construction experience and think that does this actually make sense? How is someone physically going to construct it on the day? You know, is this the right solution or not? It sounds like it's a very good foundation to have and 
you made a really good point about having the networks. Like when you first start your career, being able to understand how multidiscipline teams fit and work together. And then when you make those decisions, how do those actions affect not just this team, but everyone else? That's it. And I think that's what really attracted me to the traineeships at the time. Uh, You know, Energy Queensland have such great opportunities, uh, really great working conditions. And, you know, their core values really lined up with things that were important to me as well. So it was a no brainer when they advertised to go for them. Absolutely. A company's core values and a purpose is really important, especially for our generation. You know, millennials are very much about what's the purpose, what's the mission, what are you doing and how does it impact the community? And I think Energy Queensland hits the nail on the head in a lot of respects. That's it. And I think being able to like share those sort of core values really helps as well with your job satisfaction and really, you know, being passionate about the work that you do. Absolutely. So you went from school, you went into your traineeship and then you finished your traineeship and you've stepped into the industry. Can you tell me a bit about what the experience was like once you finished your traineeship and then what were some of the responsibilities that you took on at that point? Yeah, so I guess the traineeship, it it really prepared me for it. So it was just like gradual steps. You know, each year you got a little bit more responsibility, you had a little bit more knowledge and you just continue to grow. So once I finished my traineeship, I stayed with distribution design uh, for a little bit. So I stayed with them and then I saw my current role get advertised and I thought I, I really enjoyed when I spent the three months in that team, uh, particularly in asset management, you get to work with a whole range of people. So I thought it was a really good opportunity early in my career to, you know, go for something and get that sort of high level overview of everything so I could find what I was really interested in um, and, you know, really knuckle down on those technical skills. I think that's a really good point that you just made there to get the experience of knowing everything and figuring out what your strengths are, what you're good at, finding what you're passionate about and then honing in on whatever that is. Mm. And I think that really sets you up for what you're doing now as well. That's it. So when, when you got this internship and you've had all these new responsibilities, What's happened in your career since then? Like what's the progression been like for you at Energy Queensland? Yeah, so I guess I've been really fortunate. So like coming out of the traineeship into a permanent role, uh, I've had opportunities to step up into my leader's role. Uh, So that's been really great to, you know, further develop my leadership skills. But also along the way, I've been fortunate enough to get a few secondments and sort of temporary positions in other teams. So I spent some time in our connections uh, group. So as part of that group, we're assessing customer connections, uh, like large loads, generators, um, you know, solar farms, different things like that. So I've been really fortunate to be able to step out of my role, you know, just for a short period of time and go step into another group. So I think just as I keep progressing, rather than having like an end career goal of a certain position or a certain pay grade or something like that, for me, it's just about being, you know, improving my technical skills, improving my communication skills and improving those leadership skills. So, you know, for me, end goal, maybe 10, 15 years, I would love to be in a leadership role. But for now, I just want to focus on those, you know, those core three areas so that I can just continue to develop and, you know, be the best version of myself that I can be as cliche as that sounds. (laughs) Absolutely not. It sounds like you could talk all day about it because being the best version of yourself is so important when you're in a role. Being able to perform to the best of your abilities is something that we all strive to do. But saying that you actually do it and doing it is very important. That's it. So in all these different teams and secondments that you've been to, are there any projects that stand out as key highlights that gave you that extra differentiator as a professional in the energy industry? 
Oh, I probably there's probably not one uh, key project <laughs> that I've done. So like in design, I was really fortunate. I got involved in lots of different, you know, overhead, underground, minor, major design. So that was really, really great. Um, yeah, I'd probably say each role's had like an effective, uh, you know, each each project's basically helped in a small way. So at the moment, actually, in my role, I'm working on a major, <laughs> major project trying to upgrade, I think it's about 12 kilometres of line all up that we consider an aged asset that's in poor condition, it needs to be fixed. So I think I've been working on this job <laughs> for too long now. So uh, it's been really great. So I've sort of worked with lots of different people. So we're working with people in protection teams to find out that if the changes that we want to make, how that's going to affect our protection systems, uh, with our network planners to find out when we upgrade the line is the conductor the lot like the line we're going to pick is it the right solution should we be future proofing working with designers to make sure that it makes sense working with resourcing teams to see when we can do it so it Probably the project I'm working on at the moment has been a really, really major part of my role for probably the last six months and it's been really great to, you know, improve those technical skills, improve those communication skills. And for each of these, like, technical areas that you talk about, your networks and your protection, when you first started, what made you realise what this type of asset was like? Like explaining this to a school student, how would you put that in some simple terms for them so that they understand on a, on a network scale how the interface of your job works? Yeah, good question. So um, I guess what we're, the key part of our role is making sure that we run a safe uh, and secure network. So that really comes down, they're the two key things that I'm looking in for the, in my role, is it safe and is it secure? Um, so like, yeah, so we've got this particular section aligned, it's in poor condition, so it might pose a risk um, of failure. So, you know, that's not something that we want, we don't want power lines falling down. Um, so this job that I'm looking at will basically remove that risk from the network. So when we're talking working with lots of different teams, so our protection systems, uh, our protection teams, they make sure that we run a safe network so that if a line was to fall down, we've got certain devices on our network that can find that, isolate the line so that we don't have that, you know, unsafe condition basically in there. Uh, and then our network planning team, they're sort of looking at loading. So, you know, say you've got 100 customers on a line, uh, that might be a certain load. Um, so we need a certain type of conductor to be able to maintain that load safely. Uh, so basically working with the planning team is saying, all right, we might have 100 customers there now, but in the future, uh, there might be 150 customers. So is it worth upgrading that line now? Or do we wait 10, 15 years when we think that's going to happen. So, yeah, it has been really interesting. And do you get to interact with the community in some of these consultations or do you get a lot of those inputs for your business cases? I think probably for this uh, project there has been a lot of uh, I guess we don't we don't work one on one with customers most of the times, but there has been feedback from this project from customers that have come through to our field crews who you know in turn pass that on to us to say, hey, this is the feedback we're getting from customers. This is what we're seeing. Um, what can we do about it? And that continual feedback loop is really important because, like you said, being safe and secure and providing assets which perform to the best of their ability is important for maintaining that high standard of work that your teams deliver. That's it. And I think that's what's really important in our role too. When we're finding a solution, we're finding a solution that not only benefits the network, uh, we're finding something that meets the customer needs, uh, but can also, you know, maintain like a safe network as well. So we're really balancing, you know, network and customer outcomes to make sure that it is a good solution and it suits everyone. Um, and yeah, it's the right choice for everybody. 
Absolutely. And Jess, I've got one last question for you. Looking back on your career, what tips would you give young people considering a pathway into the electricity industry? Yeah, I guess I would say probably my first tip is be yourself. So, you know, diversity is really important. And for me, Energy Queensland, that's one of their core values is like diversity and inclusion. So don't feel pressured to fit in. You know, if if you want to go for something, go for it. Uh, that's what diversity is all about. It's about different people's opinions, not feeling pressured to fit in or changing so that you feel more comfortable uh, sort of in a role. So really, I think it's really important to, you know, be yourself. It's <laughs> probably as cliche as that sounds as well. Probably my other... other that's great advice. That's what I was going to say. Probably my other one, coming from that background of, like I went straight from school, straight into the workforce and studying part-time. That was a huge... It was a huge change sort of going from structured learning, you know, set due dates and teachers checking in, parents checking in along the way to working full time and then totally having to self-manage my study. I'd probably say time management is really important as well. So I think it's really important to set aside that time for when you've got to work, when you've got to study, you know, as well as time for friends and family and as well some time for yourself because it's, you know, it's a, when you're studying it can be really overwhelming. So you've got to have that time to yourself, time away from a screen just to maintain some sanity. So time management skills and being yourself. That's it. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Thanks, Jess. So in school, Jessica did maths BNC, legal studies, English, modern history and religion, and has gone on to become an area asset officer within asset management at Energy Queensland. Her career in the energy sector has meant that she's worked on projects which improve community connection, energy infrastructure and utility systems. Her career pathway has inspired many other women to pursue trades-based careers, and I love her philosophy that you just need to be your authentic self. The more we are unique, the better our odds of creating a brand which is extraordinarily unique and true to our personal values. So on behalf of our dream team, if you've enjoyed listening to our career chats, please take some time to rate and review the podcast and share our episodes with people you know so that we can continue to be a source of inspiration for young people. If you want any questions answered, send us a message so we can feature your questions on the Steam Ahead podcast. Head to www.dreambigaustralia.org and let us know what career chats you would like us to have. Chat with you soon.